This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Hey, 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 this is Jennifer. You know me on Twitter as Drop Your Linen, and I'm joined tonight by my husband, Jason Manriquez. He's known on Twitter as This Mighty Peril, and I can't always get him to watch scary movies with me, so when he does, I'm going to try and pin him down and make him talk to, talk to me about them. So that's what we're doing right now. We just watched the Joe Bob Briggs version of Tourist Trap. The one that we missed on the night of the live marathon because, as everyone knows who was there, it all crapped out. <laughs> so we couldn't actually log in until somewhere around Rabid, which was the third film. So we decided to check out Tourist Trap, see what Joe Bob had to say. And Jason's never seen it before. I'd seen it once. It really worked out, too, because we had tried once before when we were early Shutter subscribers and that was the movie that I first tried to watch streaming here at home with you. And for whatever reason, we would get about five minutes in and yeah. it would reset. It, Gremlins. It, yeah, it, would, it didn't work <laughs> out. So um, so it was, it was kind of a, a twofold thing, being able to finally see Tourist Trap and it be the last drive-in Joe Bob Briggs version. So not only is this Jason's first time seeing Tourist Trap, it's really his first experience with Joe Bob because he didn't watch Monster Vision in the 90s. I was aware of Joe Bob Briggs, but uh, I did not watch. I was not, uh, I usually wasn't home at that time. I, I worked a lot. Yeah, he and, had and, jobs and, then, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Watching TV was not a priority. I, I went out a lot. I was glued in every weekend. Like I loved Monster Vision, loved Joe Bob. If you read my last post on the blog, dropyourlinen.blogspot.com, you read about me meeting Joe Bob and then going through the marathon business with everyone on Twitter. So this was great. So it was cool to me that Jason kind of got to see what the Joe Bob experience was like, plus got to see Tourist Trap, which I think is a great movie, all at the same time. It was was really kind of a quirky view, and I have to say, I am really impressed with the depth of Joe Bob Briggs' knowledge. He's like an encyclopedia. I'm sure all of these films coming up. But yeah, he is a... And not just horror films. I mean, he goes deep. He knows everything. He he, he really really knows about these characters (laughs) and the settings and the stories and and the fact that he's able to inject so much humor into it. Yeah. Kudos for him. And he's from Texas, so we like that. It's a given. (laughs) We like that. Uh, so the first thing that I'm... We started uh, we started Terrorist Trap last night. And then we fell asleep. So we finished it today. But the first thing I remember from yesterday, us talking during the movie, was, <laughs> was me saying something about how she, Molly, the main character, and, and spoiler alert, final girl, has like more clothes on than everybody else. 
and all the other girls have two t tube tops and Daisy Dukes and stuff. And Jason said, well, I can still see her hussy ankles. And it made me laugh so hard. So all day today, we've been discussing everyone's hussy body parts. Well, I had mentioned that I felt that Molly's associates were rubbing off on her in the wrong way because <laughs> her, outfield, her outfit revealed her hussy ankles. Her hussy ankles. <laughs> And I haven't heard the word hussy since, God, my grandparents in the 80s. I mean, so it just, it's just one of those things that tickled me and I couldn't stop laughing about it. But yeah, Tanya Roberts, uh, Joe Bob mentions this too, her little tube top is just, it's got to be glued or taped yeah, or tape. some sort of makeup thing or it's just painted on. I don't know. And it's just like literally just right above the nips, right, up, right on the top of the areola and if it were to move a just a tiny little millimeter there would be full nip right i think uh, at one point in the uh, final act when tanya roberts attempts to make <laughs> becky attempts to make a break for it she tumbles mm -hmm. down the hill uh, tanya picks herself up and and she's facing away from the camera downhill but she clearly she lifts the halter, so I'm pretty sure she slipped out at some point. Because uh, of course, if you're running from a, a serial killer, you're going to pull up your tank top, your tube top. Well, I have to wonder if there was some sort of onset directive requiring that there be no uh, breasts exposed in the film, because you have three prime, uh, four really, four young ladies, and they're. Uh, Joe Bob points out there is no uh, breasts yeah, revealed. Nothing no, in this movie, which for Joe Bob is an automatic, guaranteed half-star deduction. Yes. <laughs> what I what I like about the movie is just it's just weird. You don't really know. It's never really made clear. Like, are they zombies? Are they sort of living mannequins? Kind of. Kind of like in House of Wax, where they cover living people. I love the way you asked that of to me, towards me, as if I've seen House of Wax. You haven't seen House of Wax? The I one that has Dean from Gilmore Girls, and he gets the wax, and then they, the girl scrapes into his face, and a little tear rolls down. Oh, maybe you've I have seen, seen it. Seen that, yeah, yes. you've seen it. It's, I think it has Paris Hilton in it. I think it. you made me see it. <laughs> I'm sure I did. It's not good. But <laughs> I, it's uh, coming back to me. Yeah, yeah. The, the single tear rolls down. So you don't know if it's kind of like that or if he's using his. So uh, the Chuck Connors character, the main character, the killer, is psychic and he can. We made up a new word. He can telekinete. <laughs> And we don't know if his telekinesis is moving the mannequins and who's making the voices. Is I, he making the voices? I had to wonder, too, at one point, that if you were a young man who could telekinete, wouldn't you just <laughs> end up telekineting your, yourself <laughs> all day? Yeah, just telekinete yourself. Why do you need mannequins? Yeah. Why do you got to shove crackers in their mouths? Yeah. Just, just telekinete yourself? And... You could eat your breakfast and masturbate. Because, Yeah. <laughs> Why? Wow, it's men's two favorite thing: eating and. Why would you need to waste time with that? Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. And then he made the mannequin of his wife, which I kind kind of get, but then he doesn't. He he's clearly capable of making mechanical things, so why wouldn't he make his wife mannequin mechanical so it can you know pleasure him? 
But it doesn't move. Right. Yeah, I had to wonder if maybe she was also not not his first wife. I, I was wondering if maybe she was another tourist that had gotten stuck. Oh. and Because and, uh, she seemed so much younger than him. True. I, I wondered if there was a weird cycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're like, yeah. Well, but, it could have been a cycle, but I, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. But I feel like she could. it, it could have been 20 years ago that that happened. Because he's in his, what, late 50s in this movie? Right. So, that's what Joe Bob says. That's what Joe so Bob I'm taking told it, us. The gospel. That's the gospel. Uh, it's really ambiguous, and then towards the end, I'm not sure if Molly's just cracking, or I, I guess she does crack. She you cracks. Get the impression. I think that I think you are told that she's cracking when she sees Chuck Connors dancing with the wife mannequin, and then she sees that mannequin becoming a real person. And some of the mannequins look like real people. And I don't know, at first I thought that was just because it looks creepier. But then I thought, no, I think she's visualizing them being real people. Right. So then as she drives away, spoiler alert, you know, we already know she's our final girl. So she drives away and she's got the mannequins of her friends in the car with her. And she's smiling and laughing. So she must think that she's in the car with real people. It's which Joe Bob said it leaves it open for a sequel, which was never made. Thankfully. But I, I don't know where you'd go with that. Yeah. Where would you even go with that sequel? Yeah. Molly's going to get home. Her rich parents are going to put her in a sanatorium, get her straightened out, and then she's going to go to college. Well, she doesn't <laughs> She doesn't have telekinesis. No, she can't telekinesis. Yeah. She can't telekinesis. Um, and I don't think she has any sort of mechanical skill, so I don't see... The crafting of android like nah, you suck, Molly. Manakai in her future. <laughs> but my favorite scene probably had to be when Garlic Mouth <laughs> breaks through the door and he looks so real. And I guess it's another instance of her cracking. Yeah, that she she sees him as a real person, and that uh, Slauson or uh, Connor's character is playing with her uh, in that. She obviously thinks that it really is Jerry come to save her, but and then he it's goes just over, him animate. Yeah, pulls his arm off. I was like, "What?" I really wanted for her to escape and then trip on the one of the steps in the front of the house and like her hand shatter. Oh, that would have been awesome! Right, that's what I was thinking oh. was going to happen, and, and, uh, and it, they kind of let me down. Oh man, that would have been a really good ending. Her hand just pops off and it has a something like that. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so good. Or her head popped off and she's looking at her body. And her mouth comes open and goes, ah! Like, that was the other thing. All the mannequins' heads, their mouths would open in this big, sort of Fright Night style, just giant mouth opening. And they'd make this little noise, ah! 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 They'd all have a little tone that they would do. Right. There were lots of little touches. That, given the decades that have passed since this movie came out, mm -hmm. they seem real generic, almost mm -hmm. cliche. Yeah. But like you pointed out when we were watching it the other night, the first half, that this was prior to a lot of these becoming established motifs. So yeah. there's there's probably a lot of innovation going on that is is goes unappreciated given how much time has passed. And you can really see that it came up in, in the shadow of uh, 
the Toby Hooper. Yeah. Because they have that connection. Uh, Schmoller and, and Hooper both coming from UT Austin. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's definitely some nods and some... And Joe Bob talks about some uh, incestuous film crew action. Yeah. Well, and I said before I even knew that, I said that Eileen's, the Eileen mask and hair looked like Leatherface. Right. And so now, now I of, think that wasn't an accident. Yeah. Adds up. <laughs> yeah. Adds up. Checks out. Checks out. Let's talk about the soundtrack or the score. Yeah. Real interesting. It was good. Now, it's, I feel like there's three different scores going on. Yeah. There was the more ambient one that mm-hmm. I thought was pretty fresh and i think you could drop it into a movie now it's still the ones that had kind of like those strange moans and voices the bits with the little wooden rattle thing were almost comical it was silly it was like yeah it was really reminiscent though of some of the kind of noir 60s thrillers if you watch when we watch eyes without a face uh, the french film I'm going to make you watch okay. it. You make me watch a bunch of crap. Hey. You're going to watch crap. Hey. What crap? But anyway, the, no, 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 when no, you no, hear no. that soundtrack. No, 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 What crap did I make you watch? This is all crap. Come on. I mean, it's a good crap. Tell me a crap. Okay. I'll give you House of Wax. That's bad. Yeah. What else have I made you watch that's bad? Steak tartare. Steak tartare. That's not House of Wax. That's what is wax that? work. I know. It's a piece of crap. But you didn't see that with me. Yeah, well, we watched that together. When? I would never have watched that on my own. <laughs> Steak tartare. That is a piece of crap. But it's fun to watch. Yeah. What other pieces of crap have I made you watch? Oh, I'm sure <laughs> uh, next episode I will unveil yet another piece of crap. Okay, well, because I made you sit through those, I will watch Eyes Without a Face. So, I mean, if you want a long pause, I can stop and think about it. No. <laughs> I go find my journal of crap. What? Oh, you would. You would keep a journal of crap. Crap Jennifer made me watch. Um, oh, um, so Yeah, soundtrack. soundtrack. <laughs> so yeah, there's that kind of silly bouncing. Anyone who's seen Eyes Without a Face will recognize some of that kind of early 60s. Uh, late 60s European influence. And in this man, I mean, he, the composer was from, I think, Italy? Italy? Yeah, it was Pino Donaggio, right? I guess. I think that's I don't what remember. it was. He had done. I didn't know Joe Bob. <laughs> me neither. Um, it reminded me a little of the, the intro music is so lighthearted and kind of silly. It reminded me of the blob. The original blob, how it's got that goofy, oh, yeah. light-hearted rock and roll, you know, it wiggles, it jiggles, you know, blah, 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 it's the blob. That kind of whitewashed Jan, yeah. Jan and Dean. It's not scary, but in a way that works because it confuses the viewer. You're kind of like, what, what? I thought this was a scary movie. There's no, this isn't scary. And then that first scene happens where Woody gets aced and you're like, oh, I see now. I love that first scene. The The first scene where the first guy gets killed, it's really good. It's really creepy. And you don't, if you've never seen this movie before, the first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? Between like, him and, and Garlic Mouth, I would have thought 
to kill off garlic mouth first. It's so funny. You call him garlic mouth, and in my head, I call him meatball. Like he doesn't. His real name, his character name is Jerry, but I also call him by a nickname. Well, in Becky, my head. Tanya Roberts, Tanya Roberts calls, calls him, him garlic mouth. Garlic mouth at one point. But in my head, he's meatball. So when I talk about him in, in my own brain to myself, I'm like, okay, and then meatball, and then Anne of Green Gables. Anne of Green Gables is Molly. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the hussy. Well, you put a halter top on, and I'll start calling him meatball too. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't even get that, but okay. Tanya Robert calling him Garlic Mouth. I know. No, you're right. You have more. You have more fight in this game than I do. Yeah, you're having some sort of subconscious. I guess so. Naming of the meatball. But yeah, no, he does. It it was kind of reminiscent of uh, Scream and the way that Drew Barrymore dies at the get go. And, And this is a character that feels like someone who might be around for a while. And he's offed in the beginning. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you, Jason. Because the reason it was so shocking that Drew Barrymore died is because she was Drew Barrymore. And she was on all the posters, and you thought she was going to be the final girl from the get-go. And then she gets killed in the first scene. We don't know this, dude. So... I didn't, I mean, like, you might have thought that he was going to live, but in the 70s and 80s especially, there's almost always a final girl. Right. So you know all the boys are going to get killed, like, from the get-go. I guess this is one of the dangers of being in my position where I'm kind of working my way back through a lot of these. You're what we call a normie. You're a normie. But yeah, it's hard for me to look at these... (laughs) Without employing the lenses I've already acquired from works that would come out later. See, everyone, Jason is an intellectual. He's, like, really smart. And I'm being serious. He's very smart. He's a grad student. He's he's got an amazing brain. I grew up on horror films. I'm moderately intelligent. I like trash TV. You're smart. So there's kind of a big difference in where we're coming from on this. So, but I actually think that makes it more interesting. It gives us more to talk about. Because when you talk with another horror fan about horror, it's just like, oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. I loved it. It was great. Did you see this? Did you see this? But when you talk with someone who's kind of a normie and they see a movie, it's cool to get in their head and see what they liked and didn't like about it or what they even understood. You know, and you're not going to get all the same subtleties that a horror fan's going to get. Like having, you know, there's this whole back catalog in my head of all the other movies that are similar and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you're not having that, so it's kind of cool. Like, if I were to watch some of your art films, I would be coming in from a... If. When you watch... You know I hate art films. When? Is Eyes Without a Face an art film? No, it's kind of a horror film. Okay, I like horror films. I don't like art films. I don't like art films, and I don't really like body horror that much, with the exception of The Fly. That's like the only body horror movie that I like. So I I thought that Connor's character, I didn't like all the jibber jabber. Yeah, you did. uh, I thought it took away from the mood, and you mentioned that you didn't like him talking and explaining himself. Although, I thought that when he was covering that girl's face in oatmeal or pizza dough or whatever it was, it it was creepy that he was explaining it all to her. And he does it in this dark, 
this sort of deep voice and in a different cadence than he uses when he's saucing. You know, and he would say weird things like, why don't you like me? Like, you know. But I, I feel like they could have maintained a creep factor if they'd had him speaking through one of the other heads or the dolls or the mannequins. Like having them talk? But having, yeah, he could have, they could have used different voices. I feel like it could have added more suspense because it's a pretty easy one. One plus one is it's, Connors is the yeah the villain. Well, we said that too when it's revealed that Davy is Slauson, the mask breaks, and you see that it's Chuck Connors. We we knew that, but we said, oh, bet in nineteen seventy nine, I bet their minds were blown, right? You know, because they hadn't seen that a thousand times like we have, right? Yeah, that's again those little little motifs that have become cliche since. Yeah, but. Uh, it was a fun movie. I would recommend it for people to check out. I think it would be fun in you know a group setting, especially oh, yeah. if you have new people who haven't seen it before. And if you have Shudder, watch the Joe Bob version. It's Definitely. fun. Yeah, he just inter interludes about every 15 minutes with some interesting information and his Joe Bob jokes, and it's pretty great. I didn't find it disruptive at all. No. It added quite a bit to my experience. Yeah, it's not disruptive at all. It's not even like, oh, a commercial. I think, too, when you watch the Joe Bob version, you're watching it to see Joe Bob and to hear what he has to say. Right. So it's not disruptive because you can watch the movie without him as well. It's on Shudder. Right. So, I mean, all the movies he chose had to be on the Shudder list. You know, that's why he didn't do probably some of them. I mean, luckily they have a pretty deep catalog. Yeah. I was so hoping he would do Motel Hell, but yeah, I don't think that's in the Shudder catalog. But they're bringing him back. I'm so excited. They posted on Twitter, due to popular demand or something like that, you know, we're going to bring him back. And I'm like, yes, now get Motel Hell. Let's make this happen. Motel Hell, Phantasm. They do have Phantasm, so they, he could do that one. But he, he ended his thing with Pieces, so I think at some point you and I need to do Pieces because I love that movie. Nice. That's a good one. I think you've seen bits of it. I think you've seen Pieces of Pieces. It's an Argento, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's an Italian, or a Spanish, or an Italian movie. I think it's Italian. Oh. But it's not dubbed. It's just bad. They, it's like an Italian movie, but they want it to um, look like. It has British actors in it, right? I remember. I could be messing this all up. They wanted it to look like a typical American college. So they they did what they thought was so of course it looks an American wrong, college yeah. so it looks ridiculous it looks nothing like an American college but it, it's fun it's a good movie I like it and the premise is ridiculous but well you got anything else to say about tourist trap nope I don't either uh, I think we're gonna try to do this just. It may be regular, it may not be. We're not going to stress about it. We're just going to, when we can get together and watch a movie, we'll talk about it and I'll pop it up on the blog. And I guess we'll stick it on iTunes under what? Drop Your Linen? Is that what it's going to be under? I guess you'll announce it on the blog. Yeah, I guess I'll announce yeah. it on the blog. <laughs> we just decided to sit down and talk. We haven't worked out the details. You're going to have to get a side hustle and pay for that server. No. <laughs> no. Bye, everybody.
Bye.